Welcome to the Julius Baer Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 13th of December with me, Bernadette Anderko. Today, we'll be joined on the show by Dario Messi, who's going to provide an update on what's going on in the bond markets and also provide a preview of these key central bank expectations this week. But first, we'll get the highlights of the latest market action with Roman Hansiani. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. Well, Roman, we might as well start with the most important uh, data release yesterday, the US consumer price inflation figures for November. It seems to me that all the market excitement before the release turned into something of much ado about nothing. So what did the markets make out of the numbers? Well, uh, we have Dario on the call a bit later, and I'm curious what his uh, thoughts on the CPI release are. But in summary, you're right by saying that for the markets, the US CPI prints uh, turned into something of a non-event. They came in more or less spot on with uh, consensus estimates, uh, according to Bloomberg, and therefore won't move the needle with regard to today's Federal Reserve decision on interest rates. While the overall CPI came in a tad above expectations at plus 0.1% month on month uh, compared with October, the core CPI, excluding the uh, notoriously volatile prices for food and energy, rose by 0.3% in November, stronger than last month, but in line with expectations. Right. Okay. I understand. So uh, even though the numbers didn't carry any surprises, what did the markets make out of them? Yes, just after the release, stocks, uh, bonds and also the US dollar too uh, all struggled for direction. Summarizing the comments, one could probably say that markets realized that while disinflation is likely to continue in the US, it could be a bumpy road until it actually is where the Federal Reserve wants it to be, namely at 2%. At least uh, that's the official message still. And uh, this narrative uh, supports those who believe that rates need to remain higher for longer in the US and the markets. Immediate reactions seem to reflect just that. While stocks started the trading day a bit lower, the whole US Treasury curve rose slightly, but soon moved lower again, actually, in anticipation of today's Federal Reserve decision. And more importantly, in anticipation of what the Federal uh, Reserve's chair, Jerome Powell, uh, will say at the press conference after the rate decision. So, 10 US Treasury yields are at 421 this morning, a few bips lower than yesterday, and two year yields are just uh, about the same levels uh, as yesterday morning at 473. Uh, stocks, meanwhile, turned for the better in later trading uh, in the US, and the SP 500 index managed to close up 0.5% with uh, tech and financials leading the gainers, and energy, the biggest detractor as concerns over oversupply ruled investors' minds. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about stocks then. Um, I saw that Oracle was down heavily after reporting slowing quarterly sales growth in its cloud computing business. Yes, that's right. Uh, Oracle's share price plunged by more than 12% after reporting slowing cloud sales uh, growth for the second straight quarter in a row. So the issue here is, according to several analysts, that investors have become more concerned that the company's efforts to expand in the highly competitive cloud infrastructure business will not bear fruit. And the news that the company wants to raise new equity capital too did not help, of course. And uh, one of uh, Oracle's competitors in the cloud business, Alphabet, also came under increased scrutiny yesterday uh, after losing a court case against Epic Games, the maker of the computer game Fortnite, on huge commissions charged by Alphabet for hosting Epic's apps on its platform. Still, Alphabet was down only slightly on that news, while Apple, the other big app platform provider, ended the day slightly up. 
All right, then uh, let's turn our attention to overnight action on the markets. Uh, Once again, there's news to report from Argentina where the new government's devalued the currency. What more can you tell us about that? Yes, that's right. Uh, The country's new president, Javier Milei, did not wait long to start with his shock therapy program to revive the Argentinian economy. After the close of local trading, Argentina devalued the peso by a whopping 54% and, according to officials, uh, plans to further devalue the currency by 2% every month from now on. Further, uh, the country has also announced a massive, massive spending cuts uh, to eliminate its uh, primary fiscal deficit next year. Quite a dramatic decision then. Um, and in terms of overnight news, is there anything else to report from Asia this morning, Roman? Yes, well, stocks are a bit under pressure there this morning, mainly on news that China's annual economic work conference decided to prioritise industrial policy, so quality growth, uh, rather than pumping up the economy quickly with large-scale stimulus. Although this is not surprising per se, the lack of excitement over that news turned into lower stock prices across the board in China. So onshore stocks are about 1.5% lower at the moment, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index is down roughly 1%, with uh, real estate developers leading the decliners overall. In other parts uh, across the region, the Japanese Nikkei managed to close slightly in the green, but pairing or mostly pairing the initial gains, and also Australia closed about 0.3% higher. All right. uh, So what's in store for investors today, Roma? Well, we already had some interesting numbers on the UK GDP growth for October, and they largely disappointed with monthly growth coming in at minus 0.3% rather than the expected smaller minus of 0.1%. Manufacturing and industrial production there were much weaker than expected. Otherwise, all eyes will be on the Fed rate decision later today and uh, what Chair Jerome Powell has to say in the press conference following the decision. US equity futures at the moment are slightly in the green, so by the looks of it, we'll have a positive start to US stock market trading this afternoon. Thank you very much, and that's it from me. Thanks so much for that comprehensive overview of the markets today, Roma. So now it's time to take a look at the bond markets with uh, Dario Messi. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. Now, Dario, clearly the focus for traders and investors alike today um, are central bank meetings uh, today and tomorrow. But before we go into that, uh, and it's a related topic, of course, ahead of the Fed meeting, as Roman already mentioned, we've had November inflation data out in the US. What's your take on that? Yeah, look, overall, uh, I think the disinflation process is still ongoing uh, in our view, and there are enough uh, economic reasons and also signs for this. Think of uh, uh, the supply chains, uh, credit dynamics, but also generally this softening of uh, aggregate demand and so on. Um, But yesterday's print is also a good reminder again that it will not just follow a kind of a straight line uh, with nice drops each and every month. Uh, Roman mentioned it uh, before, uh, 3.1% on a year-on-year basis for for the headline number, uh, more or less as expected. But it's also important to note here that um, core inflation, so the stickier part, uh, slightly rebounded compared to to October. So what we also have to say when we look at the different components, the the rebound came mostly from the components which showed some uh, downside surprises uh, back in October, like for example, uh, lodging away from home. But again, overall, our reading, we are still in a disinflation trend. And uh, this is also reflected in the U.S. Treasury, I would say, 
Roman uh, quickly touched on it before the 10-year yield it jumped again yes above the 4.2% mark following the CPI print yesterday but then uh, came lower again so doesn't seem to be really super worried at this stage and uh, remember not too long ago we we just discussed how sustainable uh, a 5% level for the 10-year can be. Okay, so now on to the big question. What does all this mean for the Fed decision today? Well, for the Fed, uh, I guess the FOMC does not put too much emphasis just on one monthly number, um, but also looks more kind of the trend dynamics. And overall, I would say the picture looks by now as intended for them. Inflation is on track, uh, even if not on a straight way. Uh, but is on track to the 2% level. Um, today, they are not going to do much, um, but it will mostly be about uh, the guidance for next year. And it's all about when do they start this cutting cycle. Um, and here, it's exactly where we have to say the market went well ahead. The, the first rate cut is priced around May now. And um, yeah, I think there will be some pushback on that by Powell today because this seems a bit too early. And as of now, we also believe uh, the window for rate cuts will rather open in the second half of uh, 2024 for the Fed. Okay, so then tomorrow we've got the next heavyweight in central bank land, the European Central Bank. Did did they have a similar starting point? Well, I would say also here, uh, definitely no move today, but the ECB certainly seems to have most arguments to to be among the, the earlier rate cutters next year. So it's also about guidance. Just think of the economic backdrop, quite weak at the moment, credit growth collapsed, uh, also inflation is dropping very fast. Um, even a hawk like uh, Councilmember Schnabel recently acknowledged the, this remarkable easing on price pressure. So when we look at the market implied rates, I would say we are closer here to the market when it comes to the first uh, uh, rate cut next year, somewhere around April. Um, where we slightly disagree is probably uh, more on uh, where the market sees the pace. Uh, we think the ECB will be less in a hurry than uh, with the cutting cycle and do it more uh, on a step-by-step basis. For bond markets, I think um, the discussion around the pandemic-related uh, bond portfolio and the offloading of those bonds could again uh, become, a, become a topic. We might talk about this also next week. Uh, I would say if there are there is any kind of new impulse from the ECB meeting on uh, that regard. And maybe just quickly related to the ECB, as there is also an ongoing discussion that the Swiss National Bank needs to follow the ECB. Um, yes, there are often reasons that the SMB has to do this. Uh, this time around, however, uh, we could imagine that the SMB uh, will react a bit slower uh, than the ECB, just like when it reacted less aggressive in the tightening cycle. Okay. Um, Perhaps you could let us know, uh, finally, the expectations for the Bank of England decision tomorrow. Um, Well, on the Bank of England, they are kind of in a tricky situation uh, with inflation still quite sticky and and some economic hiccups in the recent past. So our expectation here is uh, obviously also hold, um, but then also a hold until September next year, um, which is quite close to what the market expects. Great, Dario. Thanks for being on the show today. And thank you so much for providing a central bank preview for our listeners. Thank you, Bernadette. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back, hosting more of our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. 
The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.